Turn to uh, John 14. I shared this some last week, one aspect of it. You remember we were talking just the other week about uh, Mary and Martha, and it says, Martha has chosen the good part. Then I, I spoke of being intentional, not just floating through, but being intentional. Martha chose the good part. And in, in John chapter 14, he said this, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That's where I want to stop. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. What I want to look at is this word believe. Because the Lord has really been bringing it back to my heart and to my attention. The tense of that verb believe, yes, present active imperative. And here's what the present imperative means. Continually, habitually follow this command. It's a long, it's often a call to a long-term commitment and calls for the attitude or action to be one's continual way of life or lifestyle. He said it's a continual way of life or lifestyle. So he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So he did, it's not a believed thing it's a believe thing. Galatians 3, I think, verse 9. So then we are of faith, that we who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Not believed Abraham, believing Abraham. We who are of faith are so with believing Abraham. Abraham believed God, but it was a believing. It wasn't a one-time thing. And so the, the thing the Lord's just really been speaking into my heart this week is I've been... Uh, spending time with him, is the, the part of our believing. Matthew chapter 21 says this, So Jesus said to them, Surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will say, you will not only do what was done to this fig tree, but also if you say this mountain be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. How did he... How did he uh, phrase that? Doing what? Believing. Are you tracking? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it's not a belief. Our faith, our walk with the Lord is not a time when we prayed a prayer. When I was 13 years old, I prayed a prayer and I became a believer. But it wasn't at that point that everything stopped. It was at that point that things started. And what the Lord has been showing me this week especially is there are, if there are things that you have believed for, he said, stop, get out of what you believed for and start believing again. Because there are things that we'll go and we'll go to the Lord in prayer and we say, well, I believed for that. But what happens is this. It, I think it's, it sounds like a play on words, but I really don't believe it is. You can go back to a time when you believed the word, but you stopped there. You didn't continue to believe in that word when you didn't see it manifest like you wanted it to are you with me so you can go back and say oh i believed on this day and i'm all about don't, don't misunderstand me i'm all about 
believing in faith that it's settled and you don't have to keep coming back and begging God to do something. But what I'm saying is that that point of belief is not where it stops. That's where it begins. It's active. It's imperative that you continue to go on in your believing. So if something contrary comes up, you just go back to your believing saying, I'm believing God. Even as Paul, when he was on the ship, he told him, don't go. And they said, no, we're going to go. And he said, if we go, everybody's going to die. And then Paul goes and he's on the ship and he's fasting, he's praying. And the Lord, the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, look, the ship and everything on it is going to be lost, but every person will live. Paul went to the commander of the ship and he said, no one can leave the ship. The Lord came to me and an angel came to me and he said, everybody's going to be saved. He said, and I believe it as it was told to me. Paul continued in that belief even when it looked like everything was going down. Are you with me? And we've got to continue in that believing. New Year's Eve, our New Year's Eve service, uh, we were here and we were praying for people and there were three people that had uh, headaches. Who was it? M. Josh and Karen and Kathy. There were three people who had headaches. And uh, when others, I don't remember who all went and prayed for them, but as they went and they prayed for them, it wasn't just they went, they prayed, they believed, and they left. They were believing. They stayed with them and prayed with them. And I, uh, I just wanted to be sensitive to what the Lord was saying is because this. When Ben shared his testimony a few uh, weeks ago, and he talked about when they went to Mexico and how the Aztec woman, when she came up and there was something wrong with her, I can't remember what it was, that it just wouldn't go away. She said, no, it's still there. And they prayed until it was, it was healed. I believe that God released something, just another level of faith in this house. Because we saw um, Rachel that day, uh, her head was hurting and we prayed and it, it just seemed like it was just going to stay. And she said, no, I'm not. It's not and I'm not. I'm not leaving. And uh, so it was broken off of her. I promise you, I was standing right beside her when it happened. And, uh, and then New Year's Eve, the same thing. I watched as people were praying for those who had the headache, and they would ask them. You know, it's very religious to say, if you've got a need, come up, we'll pray for you. And then we pray, and we don't see it, and we go, okay, God bless you. Just walk out your healing. And there are times for that. I'm not saying that, that, that every time we have to camp out until we see the manifestation, but I'm saying this. If we're believing, and we're in an active as it says here, that it's something that we started, that we continue to do, that we keep ourselves in that posture, then there is an expectation that says, I won't just sit here and let things stay the way they are. Are you with me? And that doesn't have to be a physical healing. That can be a condition. That can be a position uh, in, in your life that you're in right now, a circumstance that's going on right now, where you say, look, I see what it looks like, but I believe the word to be true. And just as Paul said, I'm going to believe it just as it was told to me. And what did he tell you? He said that you are hidden in him. He said that he who's begun a good work in you will perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. Now, here's one thing. What we think that looks like and what he thinks that looks like sometimes looks different. So God can give us a vision. He can give us a desire that he placed in our heart. And Psalm says that he'll give us the desires of our heart. 
But what it looks like from here, you know, Daniel's perfect at that in his vision that he had about the, the Israel and the end times and things like that. Even, even Israel itself, I think they missed Jesus Messiah because they expected him to come as king but to look differently. They expected him to come as a king who would, be, who would establish his throne, his literal physical throne on the earth and was going to just free them from everything, the oppression of the Romans that they were under at that time. And they missed it because their perception was wrong. It wasn't because the prophecies were wrong. It was because what they perceived them to be was wrong. And I, I've looked even in my life and I see the Lord how I've prayed and believed. You know, as we were uh, singing, consuming fire, come burn within. I mean, I was re- really thinking, man, I wonder how many people really believe that. And I wonder how many really mean it. Because I believe that there are times that his consuming fire of love will come and it'll highlight things in our life that we hold precious and we can be rebuking the Lord thinking it's the devil. And what I mean by I've shared the illustration before of uh, when I was, when I used to play golf all the time. I played golf, I played golf two or three times a week and, it, and uh, I, the more I played, the more frustrated I got. And I can remember uh, just saying, man, if I really just sell out to God, he'll take my golf clubs. He'll make me sell my golf clubs or give them to somebody who can't play, and they'll just beat them all up. And, I mean, all these things ran through my mind. And, and I came to the place where I said, you know what, Lord? <laughs> and it, it, this may sound funny. And I said, I love you more than those golf clubs. So I want you more than I want them. And you know what? I didn't have to sell them. I still have them to this day, and that was 20 years ago almost. I still have him this day. And uh, it wasn't the thing that he wanted. It was just my heart. And at the time, it was hard because I thought, man, this is what I... But you know what's so amazing? When I set that aside and chased after him, there wasn't, it wasn't like, man, I can't go play golf anymore. It was... It was and, and golf is just a thing. Don't get sidetracked on golf. You think, I don't play golf, so I'm straight. <laughs> Or maybe you play golf. Ryan, that's what he does for a living, so it's all good. I'm not anti-golf. I'm just saying, when I made that decision that, Lord, you're more important to me than golf, the golf club stayed, but the desire to be on the golf course for 12 hours a week left because I wanted to spend that with him. Now, I can still play golf when I want to. I just don't want to like I used to. As a matter of fact, the only time I play is when Dad calls and about three or four times, begs me, come on, let's go play. Come on, let's go. We haven't played in a long time. Let's just go play. So, but it was, it's not because the Lord said, thou shalt not play golf. Do you hear me? It was something that, it was a place where he said, and I'm saying, God, I want more of you. He said, okay, here's a way I, you can have more. And there are times that the Lord will trim things away, not because he, he's mad, but because he loves us. It's all, and that's why I really felt in the beginning that we have a time around the altar to just say, God, I trust you, and here I am. I present myself to you. He's worthy of our trust. He said, the Bible says, he who began a good work and you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. How does that happen? As we continue in believing, as we stay connected with the promises and we believe those promises. Um, These that I shared with you, John 20 Verse 27 says, Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. 
Do not be unbelieving, but what? Believing. He didn't say quit doubting and believe. He said don't be unbelieving. There's action there. And be believing. Are you with me? He goes on to say, And Thomas answered said, Lord, said to him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Verse 30. And, G, and, G, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that they may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. That doing what? Believing you have life in his name. So what is he saying? As we posture ourselves in a position of believing, not just that we believed at one point, but that's why we're called believers. Because we continue in believing. Does that make sense? We continue in believing. Whatever it is that we're standing for, we continue in believing. And that's what he said here. He said that, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So how does life... He said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. John 10, 10. The thief came to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. He's making it clear. Steal and kill and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and that you might have it how? More abundantly. That word life there is Zoe. It's the God kind of life. Not just one day I get to go to heaven. Not just... I won't die, I'll live forever life. It's life as he has it here. That's exactly what Jesus did on the earth. He came as a man, he laid down his deity. He came as a man, a sinless man, and lived out his life as a man on the earth. And he said, now that I've done that, I made a way for you to live that same way, so go do it. And that's where he said, freely you've received, so freely give. But it comes from a posture of believing, from stay. I, I hope I don't just sound redundant, I, because this is was really a rhema to me. <laughs> and when you get it, and light bulbs start coming on, I'll move on. But until then, we're parking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But he, the Lord, just continued to show me these passages of scripture. I'll give you one more, maybe two. Romans, chapter fifteen, verse thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. So we just read that we'll have life by believing. Not by having believed, but by believing. Any of you ever prayed for something and had an opportunity later after you prayed for it to continue believing? Maybe there are things you've prayed for, you feel like the Lord has told you that he wants you to do, and you've been in a position of, I believed, but you've really allowed your believing to just go in neutral. That doesn't mean that we try to make it happen, but what it does mean is this, is that we walk it out and act as if it's already happening in our life. I mean, if we believe... And we stay in a position of believing. He said in Mark 11, 23, If you'll say to this mountain, be thou removed, and not doubt in your heart, uh, but believe. You do what? Believe. Continue to believe. Not believed. Continue to believe. 
He said, you'll ask what you will and you'll have it. Here, he said this, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, Romans 5 says hope doesn't disappoint. Hope doesn't... How do you stay in faith? How do you stay believing? Because you don't allow the enemy to steal your hope. The confident expectation of good. It's not like, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. It's not like that at all. It's setting my expectation knowing that this is what God has said so I can trust Him and I can look forward to that manifestation coming. It's that confident expectation of good. He said, hope doesn't disappoint. He said here, as I stay in a position of believing, in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's not just, man, again, it's not an earthly, I hope things work out. He's saying, as we stay in a position of believing, the power of the Holy Spirit comes in and infuses us with hope to keep standing when everybody else sits down. Isn't that what Abraham did, who's called the father of our faith? He said, against hope, he believed in hope that what God said would be true. He said here in Galatians 3, 9, I just read it. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. We're not just blessed with him. We're blessed in the same way that Abraham was blessed, that he continued to believe. I shared with someone while I was away uh, this past weekend at the conference I went to. I, uh, the Lord was really ministering to this one person, and they had some serious breakthrough. And I just went to him, and I said, man, I just really feel like the Lord said that what he just did in your heart, he also wants to deliver you from shame. And they just began to cry. And uh, I said, he wants to deliver you from shame of the mistakes that you just got delivered from. And, I, and the Lord keeps taking me back to Mary. You know what? Mary had a posture of believing. When the angel came to her and said, Rejoice, you found favor. The same favor that we carried. Y'all remember that Ephesians says? <laughs> that same favor that we carry, the Lord said to Mary and said, you're going to have a child, you're a virgin, but you're going to come have a child. It's going to be of the Holy Spirit. Who did he say as we stay believing? Who infuses us with hope through his power? Holy Spirit. And Mary, I... I I believe we read through stuff and we just blow over it and don't even think about the weight of what it is. <laughs> I, let me clarify that. I know I do. I know I have. And as I've just gone back and looked at the, what we would call the Christmas story, and I looked at Mary, and I continue to look at Mary, Mary postured herself in a position of believing. Not just, I believed what the angel said when they said it, but how many of you know when she walked down the street and she began to show and people started talking about her, she had to continue in a position of believing that what the Lord said was true. Not just because she was pregnant, she knew she hadn't slept with a man, but because she had to, she had to believe the word of the Lord over the shame of the people. It wasn't just like, oh, Mary's pregnant with the Lord. Oh, Hallelujah. You know what's so amazing? God may birth something on the inside of you, and everybody might not just go, oh, that's the Lord. Hallelujah. You know how you keep from aborting it? You keep believing. Come on, that just ran all over me. Thank you, Lord. You keep believing. Mary stayed in a position of believing that what the Lord had said was true, and that was why she could stand in what... what uh, you know, if I'm going to birth the Messiah, the Savior of Israel, 
it should probably look a little different than this. And that was when she said, nevertheless, let it be according to your word. Let it be according to your word. So as we posture ourselves in a position of believing, because all of this goes back to, as I said, Philippians, our verse for this year is forgetting what's behind and pressing toward them all. The Lord said the only way you're going to press is you stay in faith believing. That you stay in faith believing. And as we do, we're going to see manifestations. I believe they're accelerating already. But we're going to see that not just here in the church, but as we walk it out, out in the, our marketplace, wherever it is, as we stay in faith believing. And that's what he said. That those, he said, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. I could go back to, and I won't right now, but to Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1. When you look there, and he talked about, uh, he's already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How's he given them? He's already given them. Past tense. So how do we walk in them? Believing. Are you with me? How do we do that? You begin by getting born again. That's hard. That's it. You begin by getting born again because when you're born again, he places in you, First John says, his seed. And that word seed in First John is sperma. And it literally means his DNA is placed on the inside of us. That we have divine nature of Abba. So how does that change? Does the Bible say that we have the mind of Christ? Yes, it says we have the mind of Christ. So how do we walk in the mind of Christ? By believing. I had the privilege this past week, I was down, Brad McClendon spoke, and uh, he used to be at Morningstar, and uh, now he travels, he's out on his own, but Jake actually interned under Brad, and I had the privilege to meet Brad, and uh, one of the things that he talked about is he's... uh, it's when he read that and the Lord said, man, you have the mind of Christ. He said, you know what? He said, well, Lord, I don't feel like I have the mind of Christ. He said, well, then believe it. He said, believe it. And he said, so I, I made a decision. I believe I have the mind of Christ. And he said, man, the Lord started giving me. I mean, I can't tell you all the stories he told. They're pretty amazing. But uh, it was, he said, it didn't come just by reading it and saying, oh, well, the Bible says I have the mind of Christ. He says, when I believed it, I had it. And I began to walk in it. Not believed past tense, but as I continue to believe and walk in it, it manifests. And uh, the Lord, so I would already, have already been looking at this, and the Lord just kind of settled that in my spirit. Even in me, is that there are things that we can have a... I don't want to make light of that. I'm not trying to make light of a faith statement or declaration. But at that point, it's not a place where we... It's really a beginning point of believing. It's a place where we tried it. Does that make sense? We tried it, and it didn't appear to work, so we just go and we'll do something else. Um, but what the Lord is really stirring, and us, is if, the only way you're going to press toward the mark of the prize, the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus, the only way you're going to forget what's behind, and again, I want to reiterate there, he said forgetting what's behind. He didn't say forgetting the bad stuff. He said forgetting what's behind. He said, I'm not, I don't want even the good stuff to hinder me from going forward. 
Because we can make the good stuff a campground and want to stay there because it was good. And we can get so comfortable, but we're not willing to grow forward and stretch again. You're not hearing me. We're not willing to say, Lord, I want that refining fire to come. Because if there's stuff in me, if there's dross in me that doesn't need to be there, then I want it burned out. So that I can really reflect you. How can we believe like that? Because he's placed his seed in us. You know, as I was, as I was looking at this, I actually had three different messages going. And I said, okay, Lord, how do we go? He said, just listen. So one of the things that, as I was thinking about that, you know, how do we continue in this posture of believing? Well, that's where I said the way you begin is you get born again. Because you're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. And First John actually says it, his seed remains in us. He said we don't sin. We don't continue in sin because his seed remains in us. First John 3, 3, 9. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. So when we get born again, he puts in us his spirit. And we, we, we're literally born again. We have a new spirit on the inside of us with the DNA of God, his seed in us. So it's from that position of his seed in us that we believe, not in, our, not in the works that we produce. That's just the fruit that comes out of the seed that was placed on the inside. I'll take you back the first time the seed is mentioned. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. Here's what it says. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb yields seeds according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God said it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. What's he saying? Its seed was in itself. What he was saying is this. Inside of the seed is the power to produce after its kind. Come on. I'm going to stand up. We're going to do calisthenics in a minute. Get everybody awake. Because that was better than that. He said, I put inside the seed the ability for it to produce after its kind. Right? So he said, when we get born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed through his word, that he places that seed. First John 3, 9 says that his seed is placed on the inside of us. So if his seed is placed in me, then it means that I have the ability in me, not in my doing, but what's been born again in me to produce after his kind. That's why it says, as he is, so are we in the earth. Not as we're going to be, as he is, not as he was, as he is right now. How is he right now? He's seated at the right hand of Father in power and glory and honor. And he said, I've given all that to them because they're there on the earth now as my representation in the earth. I've said before, you're carrying inside of you the seed of the living God, which is the power of somebody else's miracle. Not just yours. But it has to begin with you. Because if we don't know what we're carrying, then we can't give it away. How do we do that? By believing. When contradicting circumstances or opinions come up, you know what you do? You go back to the believing that you started with. What he said over you, not what they're saying about you. 
And you live from his saying, not their said. You wonder why we have some struggles. Continue reading in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. He said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. Uh, Romans 16, 20, verse 19. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I'm glad on your behalf, but I want you to be, uh, be wise in what is good and be simple concerning what is evil. <laughs> That's powerful right there. What he's saying is this. I want you to be ignorant about sin. Not that, I don't know, is that sin? Is that not sin? He's saying, I want you to be wise. Listen. He said, I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Uneducated in sin. That our focus is not on sin. That that's not our, what gets our attention. Because I, I firmly believe that the Bible is true. And he says, what you behold, you become. Corinthians 3, beholding him, we're transformed from glory to glory. Beholding what? By beholding him. You become what you behold. You don't become what you want. Do you hear me? You become what you behold. You don't become what you want. So how does that go with this? If you're going to stay in believing, you're going to have to stay in the word to see, to have your mind renewed with what the word of the Lord says about you. Because just because you want to be different doesn't mean you're going to be different. I know that doesn't give the warm fuzzies. But want to is not what does it. It's attention. It's intentionality by, by renewing our mind, by seeing, by beholding who he says we are. Verse uh, 20. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. And I studied that out in the tense that it's in and everything. And what it literally means this is that we... As the expression of Jesus on the earth, crush Satan under our feet. It's not one day God's going to come do it for us. It literally means in this tense, in this context, that as we walk in communion and fellowship with him, we are the ones. We are the expression. That's what Romans 8 says creation is groaning, waiting for, is the manifestations of the sons and daughters to arise and live like we're, what's been put on the inside of us. I kept quoting, you've not been born again of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. That's 1 Peter 1.23, if you were wanting to know where that was. As I was studying this, one of the passages of Scripture the Lord just kept taking me to was, um, was actually two in Matthew chapter 13. There's two pa- and I'd never seen this, just being real. I had never seen it this way until I was studying it this week. But in Matthew chapter 13, verses 3 to 9, 3 through 9, He says this, then he spoke to them these things in a parable saying, behold, a sower went out to sow. This is also in Mark 4 and I think Luke 8, but uh, I I know Mark 4. But we're familiar with this one, right? The the sower goes out to sow and it it, uh, sums on stony ground and it's on. Some fell on stony places and uh, didn't have much earth, immediately sprang up because they had no depth. But then the sun was up and they were scorched because they had no root and some fell among the thorns. Then he goes on to talk about the thorns, and, but then the last one is it's stone on good ground. And he said it brought some 160 or 30-fold. Then in verse 9, he says this, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then you go down to Matthew 13, verse 36 through 43. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, 
explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. So this is a different parable. He gave the seed in the sower, and we can see that. And again, in Mark chapter 4, we see that in, in more detail. And it's there when Jesus explains it. And he said, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parables? He was saying, it's kind of important that you get this one, guys. The seed is the word. But you know what's awesome in that part? We'll go there in a minute. Let me finish before I go, before I jump. 36, uh, 37. Then he answered, said, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the close of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the close of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all, all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So as I was looking at these two passages of Scripture and paralleling it with Mark chapter 4, Mark 4 says this, uh, verse 13. He says, See, he said to them, do you want to understand this parable? How then will you understand? Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones that are sown by the wayside. The word is sown when they hear Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Likewise are the ones stone, sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time afterward when tribulation or persecution arises. The word, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, listen. In this verse, in verse 17, he says, they have no root in themselves. So a transition has taken place here. Yes, they are the soil, but we're also the seed. He said in, in Matthew 13, he said, the seed that's sown are the children of the kingdom. And placed in us is his seed. Are you with me? We just read that in, uh, in 1 John. It says that he placed in us that his seed. That's why we don't continue in sin. That's why sin has no dominion in our lives because his seed has been placed on the inside of us. So what the Lord was showing me in this is that in us is the power to reproduce after his kind because it's not my kind in there. It's his kind. Sown on the inside of me is the seed of the kingdom of God. And in that is the power to do what he's placed in front of me to do. But that comes as I allow that seed to break ground and come out. Not just being buried down on the inside, but as I allow the fruit of that seed to, to take root in me and it to grow from me. Does that make sense to anybody other than me? It was good to me when I was studying. But I want to make sure that... Uh, we understand that I, what I believe he's saying is this, that as we stay in believing, it's that believing that waters that seed that he placed on the inside of us, that incorruptible seed of the living God inside of us. So again, it takes our attention off of doing and on being 
and believing. And as we do, the fruit of that life is shown through us to reach others. It's then that the seed takes root. It's then that the fruit comes out and others are touched because we're willing to walk out the fruit in our lives that he placed in the power of his seed. It's his seed placed in us. And as we stay in believing, as we stay attached to uh, the vine, as John's gospel talks about, that the power of the seed is released through us. He said, in, uh, again, in Matthew three thirty-six, he said, I mean, 38, the field is the world and the good seed is the children of the kingdom. Look at your neighbor and say, you're good seed. You're the children of the kingdom. Man, I don't know about you, but I don't wake up every morning feeling like a child of the kingdom. So that means I have to posture myself even as I believe Mary did, and that's in a posture of believing that what the word of the Lord said is true about me. And here's what I'm saying. Here's what I want us to get. As we press in him, as we forget what's behind and press toward the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus, which is what? Christ in us, the hope of glory. What did he say? As we continue in believing, it's that hope that the power of the Holy Spirit comes and infuses for us to walk out his destiny, his desire, his dreams for our life. Man, that's good. As we stay connected to him, it's, it's his power that works through us. And that's where I just, I'll close with that, is the, where the attention is. The attention is on believing what he has said, not on how well we can perform it. And so where the, the, the Lord has been stretching, continuing to stretch me, and grow me is that not just talk about believing but walk out believing so believe we have the mind of christ so when you feel the lord and even in this and not just in the prophetic all right i'm not just this isn't just about walking in the prophetic but as you press into him as you're believing that he says you have the mind of christ as you're believing that you're a son of god a daughter of god a child of the living god where he sent his spirit in your heart crying out abba father as you believe that and the lord puts on your heart to go share with someone that you would go not in your energy or not in your ability to produce but in the realization and understanding that on the inside of me is the seed of the living god and he said it as I allow that seed in my life to grow, that it'll bring forth fruit. I don't have to produce it. So we walk in a position of believing. Does that make, does that make sense? That we stay in a posture of believing. Because it's so easy to say, I believe that. And it's so easy to go back to an encounter. Or a, and I'm all for encounters. I'm all about, if we serve a living God and we're in relationship, you're going to encounter him. But that we don't live from the encounter. We live from the word, from the truth of the word. And as we live from the word, it brings us into encounters. And here, can I up it one on you? You don't just go looking for an encounter. You become one. That you don't just go looking for an encounter. You become one. That you don't walk into every meeting having to have a prophetic word, that you become a prophetic word. Paul said that your epistles, you're his letters, not written on stone, but written on the heart. Your letters of God. 
man. So what he's saying is, as we set our attention on him and we stay in a position of believing, then we can walk out and let our letter be read. And it can impact lives all around us. It's that being willing to stay in a position of believing and it's being willing to allow his fruit. And, and not just allow his fruit, but to be bold enough to step out and say, you know what? If I believe this, then I'll act accordingly. <clears throat> and that's where faith comes in. Faith is the action behind the believing that says, I believe this to be true, so I'll walk it out. And as I said, the things that I'm seeing in our church that really stirred this on the inside of me, and you go, really? Headaches? For everyone who got healed from one, they go, praise Jesus that I don't have a headache. But I also believe this. He said, if you're faithful in a little, I'll make you ruler over much. How do we continue in that? By believing. Present imperative. It's actually that in John 14 is actually present active imperative. And what present active imperative means that you're the one who has to take action. Active means it goes back to the subject of the verb. And he said, you believe. So as you believe, as you continue that as a lifestyle of believing, and I'm telling you what, if you call it an epiphany, call it what you want, as I've really been pressing into this and said, you know, it goes back to this. I don't know if y'all remember remember when I talked about um, the Lord really dealt with me, dealt sounds strong, but dealt with me about my devotional time. And he said, anything that you don't do in faith has just become a, a ritual. He brought that back to my attention. That we can be religious and do good things, but if we don't do those believing, then all we've done, all we've done is started another uh, habit that we have that has no life in it. And you know what happens to that? You get tired and you get burnt out, and you'll say this, well, it doesn't do any good, so I quit doing it. You know why? Because you're not believing as you do it. You just do it because this is what religious people do. Life is released as we stay connected to the seed by believing. It's active. It's continuing. By, con- by believing this, that my sheep hear my voice. Just say like that a minute. Because I, I, if, if, if we would be totally honest, I would guarantee there are many, if I believe all, who would say, man, there's been a time where I just felt like I couldn't hear God's voice. Is it because God quit speaking? No. You know what? I believe uh, sometimes God will change the way he speaks just so we'll still stay in relationship with him to hear him and not get used to a formula. (laughs) Here's the thing. If I'm believing that God speaks, that I can hear his voice, then I won't settle for not hearing. Come on. That doesn't mean an audible saying. It could be that I won't settle till, he, till I have that time. It could just be his peace that passes all understanding, that guards my heart and my mind as I spend time with him. It could be a rhema coming straight out of the word. It could be a word of encouragement that someone else gives. You see why it's so important that we understand the power of the seed in us because that encouragement that someone else needs might be bound up in you. And that just comes through obedience as we walk it out and see. Amen. Still believe. You're the